Welcome back to Innocence Lost. Today is Monday, June 14th. It's rainy. It's gloomy. But there's an episode of Innocence Lost out now that you guys are listening to. And I'm happy with this one. This is a conversation with Tara Wilson, who's one of my best friends in the world. And I feel like we had a really good conversation. Um, been editing it throughout the week and listening to the various clips and whatnot. And as I'll mention at some point in the episode, she really hits on the, th- the theme of the show and the name of the show pretty well. So you have that to look forward to. Um, other than that, more podcasting a couple weeks ago. Came out with The Garden, which is a podcast dedicated to our garden in our backyard and um, garden-related culture and things. Hosted by myself and my roommate, Nick Stellan. And I was really proud with how it turned out. I (laughs) thought it was pretty funny. Um, I thought we, our riffing was on point and... Yeah, and I've gotten a ton of real nice messages about it. I, I posted it on the... <laughs> we talk about this band named The Garden. And I posted it on The Garden subreddit. Um, <laughs> got some feedback from that. Um, so yeah, I was proud of that one. And in a few weeks, episode two will come out. Um, we're recording that this weekend. So looking forward to that as well. This weekend I'm also starting a, a soccer league, which will be fun. Um, I did one, I, I played pickup a lot in college, and then I did one in Chicago, and now this is the second one I'm doing, and that'll be a ton of fun. It's in Chinatown, so the idea is probably getting embarrassed a little bit on the pitch, but getting to eat some fire Chinese food after. Um, to make us feel better. <laughs> That's the plan, at least. So, activities starting up, podcasting, and lots of lots of job hunting. I'm starting to feel a little more confident in this search, getting more interviews and whatnot. Um, have a few interviews today, which would be cool. Uh, hoping those work out. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of no's at this point. So, no's don't really affect me anymore. Um, It seems like there's just a quota you need to hit of no's before you get something. And I feel like I've probably hit that quota, (laughs) and it should happen any day now. So that's cool. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my life right now. Just gardening, working on this podcast, um, applying to jobs, trying to keep myself financially afloat and hanging out so life's life's okay and let's just let's just get into the episode because it's it's a really good one as i mentioned at the top this episode features tara wilson who is one of my best friends we met in college doing slightly underwhelming my first podcast Um, and we've had a super strong bond ever since She's always someone I can go to when I'm struggling, and she's always someone I can go to to chat with and have a good time. And as you'll see in this episode, she's pretty dope. Uh, So enjoy. 
once was a bittersweet man and they called him Lemon Boy. He was growing in my garden and I pulled him out by his hair like a weed. And like weeds do. What's your favorite kind of tree? That's a hard question, but there are eastern red buds that are in bloom mm. around here, which like there's not as many in my hometown, I think, or not as many in Bloomington, but like they're these beautiful little trees with like almost purple flowers, tiny little flowers that are blooming all over Missouri right now. So I get to drive around and just see the landscape spotted with purple. But there's the blooms are just now starting to go away because we're getting into the warmer months. I like the warmer part, so you'd have to ask me again in three weeks and <laughs> see if that changes. Right, yeah. <laughs> Or are you digging Casey recently? Are you starting to learn it a bit more and whatnot? Yeah, I would say so. Like, I feel like I haven't stopped learning about it since I moved here, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like I have a pretty good grasp now. Like, I've had a couple of different people come visit me. And when they have, I've been like, okay, well, we have X, Y, and Z option because I've been to these places. Or, like, I have my favorite coffee shop now. And, like, I know that the art museum is really good. But I also know another, like, smaller one if people want to go there. So, like, I don't know, know the city. But, like, I can get around and I have a good couple of spots, which is fun. Mm. Yeah. Are you nice. getting to know New York at all? Like, do you feel like you belong yet? <laughs> Starting to. Specifically in Bushwick. Um, I mean, New York's just so fucking massive that it's a little daunting to, I don't know, get out there and learn. But um, Bushwick itself is starting to feel like home. And right down the street, if you just, like, pop out and take a right and take another right... It's the street called Knickerbacker, and <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really it's really an amazing street. Like, mm -hmm. I, you just walk down it for 10, 15 minutes, and you just come across just any any type of person you could imagine. Like, you'll end up seeing on the street. <laughs> like, just so many people of so many different shapes and sizes. Um, uh, it's just like really cool to see that diversity, um, and it's also just like so colorful <laughs> like there's so much street art um so many like little markets and stuff like that um and there's a park too so bushwick i'm starting to really dig and yeah uh, like what you were mentioning about the people that's like i've had a couple people come and visit me too and that's like when i've noticed that's when the most like exploring like happens mm. when there's someone in town and we can just kind of like use that as an excuse to go out and do fun stuff um so yeah all in all liking the new digs um starting to starting to adapt i would say and yeah i'm so excited for the the good weather i worked outside in my backyard like all day today and that mm. felt really nice and, yeah our big uh her big plant day is on Saturday. I think we're um, I think we're past the last frost officially. That's exciting. And we're gonna start putting stuff in. I think like we're gonna get a couple more bags of topsoil and one more bag of um, like manure and fuck up the ground a little bit more mm -hmm. and then and then start putting stuff in. So the style is like. You want to do, like, little mounds, right? You can. Like, before... What's, like, um, the best way? Mounds? 
some people will use them particularly with um, tomato plants because they keep water will run away from it rather than into it. And I think it's like mm-hmm. because it's higher off the ground, like there's more pest control that way. Um, okay. And people will do like raised beds and stuff. Those are super popular for very similar mm-hmm. reasons because you can build up the soil and have it be looser and stuff. And that's a way to kind of cheat and get more depth. But um, you could do it either way. Fun. I remember there was mounds in the, the peace garden. Mm-hmm. So I was planning on just kind of like replicating. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> that but, method will uh, work. Yeah. I got to get off some of those email lists. I keep getting peace garden emails <laughs> like every couple of weeks. <laughs> me too. And like, yeah. it makes me happy to get them though. Cause I'll see mm-hmm. like, I also, um, the peace garden Instagram account is still on my mm-hmm. Instagram account. So yeah. I can kind of log in and see whenever they've posted. Um, right. Which like all last semester it was dead, but then getting emails and seeing the Instagram posts makes me like, it's just a little shot of dopamine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like my it's little true. garden, because I can't have one here. Uh, Emily right. and I have talked about like getting a community garden plot, but it's it's mm-hmm. not the same, you know. Yeah, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, the. When did you start that? Like your sophomore year or earlier? Sophomore year, yeah, is when I was. Sophomore year. When I started being involved. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I hopped on senior year. Planted some stuff. Oh Planted my some gosh. spinach. Yeah, I was surprised you had come back after the first. Like, I don't know if it was your first meeting, actually, but when we had to dig up the garden and till it and till the compost in and all that, and everybody got dirty. Like, I was sneezing black dirt for the rest of the day. Like, my shower was not clean after that. <laughs> after that day. It was so dusty and dry and difficult. So I was glad that you had decided to come back. No, yeah, that's definitely what. Uh sparked the uh the garden that's happening right now in our backyard just getting uh kind of seeing seeing the process a bit behind the scenes and um i don't know i i really liked even though i was a small part of it but just like seeing all of it grow so well was mm-hmm. like pretty rewarding mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm incredibly excited to use these tomatoes to make some sauce and eat eat the peas i grow and <laughs> stuff like that um so yeah that'll be sick we're doing that this weekend which would be nice do you have anything going on this weekend um i might have like a game night with my coworkers. i know i'm going i it's supposed to be really nice here on saturday so i'll probably walk down to the farmer's market and get some produce um because i like to do that every weekend because there's the farmer's market is like a 15 minute walk from me and like there are finally new vendors coming and so it's like not just me and the trees coming alive it's like the whole city yeah have you been to it before yeah i go almost every weekend um because they have like a it's more of a permanent storefront too so it's like a u-shape almost of like brick and mortar stores and then in the middle is where people will set up with like tents and different vendors and stuff i went last weekend when it was nice and i like (laughs) impulse bought a bouquet of flowers a bunch of produce some soursop jam this like tropical fruit i'd only ever had in vietnam they had it in a jam Mm. form and i was so excited i bought some um yeah but yeah i'll probably head there again this weekend and my coworkers. the last time i had a game night with my coworkers, they dubbed me um queen of the nerds and one of Mm. them said he was gonna fight me for that title so (laughs) (laughs) we'll see if uh we end up fighting this weekend (laughs) 
Nice. Yeah, we had a in Logan Square when I was living there. There was a farmers market that Chapter and I would hit every couple of weeks. I would get my goat cheese from there. Uh, there was like a dope goat cheese guy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and there's a lot of yeah. In general, there there was just like a lot of cool people. Yeah. That I really wanted to be friends with. And <laughs> couldn't really make the courage to become their friends, but um, eventually. There's definitely a lot of that um, in Bushwick, too. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'm going to want to hit in the summer. Yeah. Especially. There are such cool so. people that you see at the farmer's market. Like, <laughs> yeah. girls, although I embarrassed myself last weekend, because, like, so do you do you know what a morel is? No. It's a type of mushroom that you can forage for that has, like, this nutty flavor, and it's in season right now, and, like, it's a hot commodity if you can find it. Like... Mm-hmm. And so there was somebody at the farmer's market that was selling them. And Emily and I have been foraging for them a couple of times now and had no luck because it's so hard. And I went up to them and was like, oh, my gosh, like, where did you find these? And chatted with them for a while. But I realized after I walked away that I had been calling them morals instead of Mm -hmm. morels. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I can't even get the name right. I'm trying so hard and I just can't get the name right. So this time when I go back. Maybe I'll get, but like a quart of them, like a tiny little box is like $22 compared to like the two or three you'll get every other type of produce for. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're money. So you've been foraging a couple of times unsuccessfully, but I hope fun. Uh, Somewhat (laughs) unsuccessfully. We got wild. So like wild violets, um, you can dry out and use in like tea and syrups and stuff. So we got some of those and then we found chives near a lake on like in this conservation area so we've been using chives as like a garnish on our food uh, but you have to be careful about like where you get stuff from and there's been a couple of times where i've been like mm-hmm, maybe not this is near a road or like dogs yeah. can come here and like um pollute different things so you have to be mm. kind of careful about where you get stuff from but we've only been a couple of times and we had success once so nice mm-hmm. with your uh with your foraging bud, <laughs> Emily. Yes. <laughs> How's Emily been? Good. Um, she's at work right now, and so mm. she's been at Home Depot, and then she's also got a job um, with a contractor flipping houses right, too. Yeah. So she's doing like two, two things right now. Seems good though. She says, "I, <laughs> I've been checking in with her every week. Like, are you glad you moved here? Are you happy here? Is there anything I can do to make this better?" And every time she's been saying that, like, it's better than living at home. So, I'm yeah. gonna take that as a win. I would say that's signs of a good roommate on your end. I mean, um, we're both I good think about that's yeah. Pretty admirable thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> to ask if she's doing well or to. <laughs> I'll just have those like weekly check-ins and mm-hmm. um like thinking on your end like i don't know roommates roommates are tough especially like in my situation where there's four of them mm-hmm. um it gets pretty nerve-wracking sometimes so i think communication is very good yeah and like in that sense there's been a couple of times where i'm like should i ask her to do this is that weird like no just be straight up because like she's we're both very good about like running the dishwasher and putting the dishes away even like no matter whose they are but we generally stick with our own 
and we both like really like cooking. So whenever she cooks something, she'll share with me and vice versa. So like we're both eating like twice the amount of home cooked food. And she's <laughs> she's become a little bit more vegetarian, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eating nice. everything that I make and vice versa, but I had orange yeah. chicken the other night, which was crazy. But um Oh. Mhm. Yeah, but we've been sharing food, sharing dishes. The other day I like nice. got out the vacuum and was like, "Is it okay if I do this?" And she was like, "You're a work <laughs> let me vacuum i'll do it for you <laughs> it's just sweet does it come as a surprise language of averted eyes silence is what i do best still i hear it all wasting time around my where did you uh where did you grow up so i am from lombard illinois aka the lilac village Mm-hmm. which is a suburb that's about half an hour west of Chicago. So now that I've moved to Kansas City, I just say I'm from Chicago, but anybody from Chicago would poo-poo at me for saying that. <laughs> and I grew up on a little street called Woodrow. Maybe that's mm. not safe to just admit that to the internet, but um, <laughs> Woodrow, um, uh, Woodrow Avenue in Lombard, Illinois. I grew up with my two younger sisters, Sydney and Carly. And we had, like, a neighborhood gaggle of, like, little kids all the time. And I went to, like, school about a mile away, a little um, elementary school. So pretty good typical uh, suburban childhood. <laughs> yeah. Any uh, any fond memories of your childhood coming to mind? <laughs> it's a tough question. It's a tough question. It's been a long time. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm trying to think of things that would, like, let people know kind of who I am as a person let's see one thing that comes to mind is like i was a very big reader as a kid Mm -hmm. and so i used to like my mom would always joke because it would be like she when she was going to bed i would still be like under my covers reading a book and like i would hear her just hiss at me like go to bed go to sleep you like (laughs) i never thought i would have to tell my 10 year old to like stop reading and go to Mm -hmm. bed And so, like, that was very much who I was as a kid, was Mm -hmm. just kind of, like, I had my nose in a book a lot of the time. Or, like, my sisters and I always joke that they, like, knew how to read before they went to school because we liked to play teacher, where I would Mm -hmm. um, teach them how to read. Um, So we were all, like, very close growing up, even though, like, half the time I probably had my nose in a book. Um, Right. And I grew up... I watched... um, (laughs) I I was going to cut in and say I watched... Mm -hmm. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's recently, which mm. is like an old classic film, mm-hmm. and one of the characters describes describes themselves at one point as a sensitive bookish type, um, <laughs> and that kind of reminds me of you. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that was very much me as a kid. But I also like you and I. We both got to grow up when like Nintendos were coming out and were popular, and like mm. Game Boys and all that. Like. I spent so many hours playing Nintendogs and um, Animal Crossing were two big ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those were big parts of it, too. Just from what I gathered of being around your family briefly is um, <laughs> lots of sister shenanigans, like lots of like um, funny stories about how you guys used to fuck with each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> something about someone being like, locked in something for like a while oh gosh yeah oh my god yeah so poor carly poor carly she's the youngest so i have two younger sisters sydney and carly 
And I don't know how it started out. I have no idea how this we got into this situation, but we decided we were going to prank e- either Carly or my mom by zipping Carly into a duffel bag because growing <laughs> right. up, she was she was yeah. a little guy. She was a real little yeah. guy. And so, may, oh gosh, so we zipped her into a duffel bag and she got scared. We left her, we like went to go play somewhere and forgot that we had left her in there and went downstairs <laughs> and she like started screaming. And my mom is like, why is one of my children just like screaming from somewhere in the house? Runs up and you just see like a wiggling duffel bag in the middle of uh, Sydney's floor and Carly spilled out of it like, ah! <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So minus that pretty horrific story, um, I would say in general, you guys are pretty, you guys are pretty tight, right? Yeah. Good relationships overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sydney and I were close, like, when we were really young. And Sydney, I think, used to be, like, jealous of all the attention that Carly would got, get as the youngest child. But now, like, as we got older, like, after I left for college, Sydney and Carly got really, really close. And so they talk all the time now. Um, and they're super close. And when we all, like go home. We're all hanging out a decent amount of the time. I think I've missed like mm-hmm. calls and stuff from you before cuz it's just been family time. <laughs> yeah. And um, your parents, what do they do? Uh so my dad, he used to be a superintendent of like parks and recreation areas, so he like knows a lot about like recreational facilities and all that, but he pivoted when I was in high school and opened a drone photography business. So mm. he does like photography and videos of a lot more like commercial areas like people think drone photography and think like oh nature and weddings and all that but he does a lot of like going into factories and like doing a tour that way or like doing a time lapse of this area that's under construction for a while and then and he he's able to do that which is really cool because he has his pilot's license Mm -hmm. which is great which is also something i got to do as a kid was fly a plane and not everybody can say that but um (laughs) And then my mom, she works for this corporation called Love Inc., which stands for In the Name of Christ. So she is a volunteer coordinator for an organization that basically will donate money to people who are like about to become homeless. So say, for example, you're living paycheck to paycheck and your car breaks down. And if you can't pay for your car, you can't get to work and then you would be able to pay rent. And so like you just need somebody to spot you like up to a thousand dollars for the month. You call Love Inc. and they'll spot you money or connect you to any other resources they think you could have. So like my mom, my mom is fantastic. She like will go to grocery stores and like pick up groceries for people and deliver them. She mostly talks to people on the phone, but like um, has handled a lot of like with COVID going on, has had to handle a lot of call volume and like figuring out how to work from home and all that. So she's a volunteer coordinator that helps prevent homelessness. Yeah. She's a super nice lady, um, <laughs> and I and I love uh, and Mr. Wilson is a juggler as well. We mm-hmm. bonded over that one time. Uh, <laughs> he is. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. My dad Eric is very talented. We used to joke that he was a clown when I was younger. Like I remember going to Disney World and going up to like the Goofy mascot, like the Goofy character, and being like, "My dad's goofier than Goofy," because that was a saying <laughs> in our household. Because like. He can fly planes. He can juggle like flaming pins. He can ride a unicycle. Like <laughs> he's got a lot of weird yeah. talents. 
Nice. So the Wilsons, the Wilsons are pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty loving, very loving people. That's like kind of what I gathered from <laughs> being around all you guys. It's all just the agape is very, uh, very strong in all of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your transition from middle school to high school like? So like we went from Jackson to I went to Willowbrook High School, which like nearly everybody from my middle school went to Willowbrook unless they went to like a high like a private high school, but mostly everybody okay. um went to Willowbrook. So like going into high school, I like still had my main group of friends, which um That's how that's helpful. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, especially, like, <laughs> I had such a rough go of it in middle school because I, <laughs> people, people literally called me bottom eyeliner girl um, because <laughs> I would do my I've makeup. I've heard that one before. Yeah, yeah, I told you that before. Uh, I would wear dark clothing, like, the t-shirts down to the middle of my thighs, like, eyeliner, mascara, and, like, I maybe maybe it was just because I was so scared of other people all the time, but, like, Mm. that I tried to scare them off in advance so like <laughs> I didn't I was no longer rocking the eyeliner I learned I learned <laughs> well, by the time I got to high school to like not be so standoffish but like still very like throughout my whole life I've always struggled with like talking to people and like being nervous around people and so like that was I mean that's a big part of my high school experience was like learning how to talk to people and like be parts of different groups because like going into high school i had like morgan amanda we're like two marissa were like three of my best friends and we were like our own little squad and then my friend maggie came on later came into that group later on so we had like a squad of five but like i didn't really like no who knows who they are i can't even tell you who i am right now it changes every day and so i remember my speech teacher my sophomore year saying like i love the sophomore year of high school because it's when people start to really develop a personality and i remember like kind of looking down at my hands and being like i am nobody there's nothing interesting about me i don't like who am i (laughs) which wasn't true like i um so i played badminton in high school i played the viola in high school i was part of mock trial so i really liked like um legal things and like i hung out with my friends so and like so there were interesting things about me but like I had a I would still have like trouble describing now kind of who I was and what I cared about I guess like that was always my thing that I would get very insecure about is that like I didn't have anything I was really passionate about and like knew what I wanted to do because I was passionate about it like I knew that like I was good at like a lot of the subjects in school or like things came pretty easily to me which i think happens for a lot of people and because like i was good at most of those things i was like i like a lot so what am i going to choose to focus on in college and so i had a lot of trouble when you kind of look back to high school who were um can you speak on like one or two people that were just kind of like very integral to that experience like kind of that kind of like helped shape you one's kind of sad is that okay mm-hmm. um go for it it's, it's innocence lost <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so this is a this is a bit of a story um mm-hmm. but so like i had a best friend from seventh grade about up until my junior year where like I would right. go the type of friendship, you know, the regular type of best friendship where you go over to their house, they come over to yours. Like she used to go camping with our family. Um, and like, new, like you've been over to my house, you know, my family, like we adopt people. <laughs> right. So she was like a part of our family. Her name was Marissa. 
she's the person who got me into badminton. She like is to this day like I still think of our inside jokes and laugh. She um, mm-hmm. introduced me to good food and like she like very, kept me very humble and all like just a good person. So that was Marissa. And then my junior year of high school, she like wanted to date my younger sister Sydney and asked me like if that was okay. And so we mm-hmm. were juniors in high school. Sydney was an eighth grader, and I was like. Uh, I can't really say, but be careful. And like any, like, <laughs> like anybody you set the context of that situation up with, things uh, didn't go well, to say the least. Hmm. Marissa started being way more interested in spending time with Sydney than with me. And I was like, I'm jealous. I'm sad. Like, I'm hurt. And then ended up like lying to me. Both Sydney and Marissa ended up kind of lying to me about like what was going on with them. And like this dragged on for a long time where Marissa like started spreading rumors or like would go to our mutual friends and say like Tara's doing X, Y, and Z. And I would just like say that I was left in the dark. Like I wasn't faultless in this situation, of course, because like I wasn't happy with what was going on. Yeah. So my throughout my whole junior year, it was like the process of losing my best friend to my sibling which is something right. that like I struggled with growing up because Sydney was always better at like in my own brain. This may or may not have been true, but like to me, Sydney was always better at everything we did together. And so this played into like insecurities I had had since a child. And so um, having my best friend kind of lose her to my sibling was a big part of high school for me. And then having yeah. to like come out of that and say like, okay, well, how do I still learn to care for myself? How do I like trust other people that like they actually like me for me and not for like who I can give them access to? And what is, how do you navigate like losing a best friend? Cause she was, she, we still shared a locker our senior year. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why we yeah. shared a locker, but like, um, like navigate it, what it means to forgive. And like Sydney and I like had a very fraught relationship for a while after that. And so what does it mean both to lose somebody very important to you and then to have to repair like a relationship with a family member? How do you do that? What does it look like? So, yeah. So some heavy stuff towards the end of high school. Um, Yeah. It's never good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, falling outs, falling outs with close friends suck. Um, I've had to deal with it a bit recently, Mm -hmm. um, which has sucked. But um but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. How are you doing with... I'm sorry, I just forgot her name, but the friend was... With Marissa? Marissa, yeah. Have you talked to her recently, or is that just kind of... We haven't spoken since high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, she posts... Like, I, I definitely like follow her posts and stuff still, and I follow her older sister on Instagram, and her older sister, Gabby just got married and like is living a great life and like i'm watching Mm. she has a nephew that like was when we were still close he was like two or three but now he's like eight and so i watch him grow up a little bit and like she really likes her dogs and i think has a couple jobs went to cod got a good haircut so like she's she's just out there living i try not to fixate it on i try not to fixate on it uh too much you know because there is a degree to which like social media can connect you too well and so i try not to be too much with all that but um Mm -hmm. yeah she was a big big part of what it meant to have a best friend 
growing up and yeah you're hitting the uh, you're hitting the title of the show pretty well i would say that was an in i would say that's an innocence loss moment right there for sure <laughs> um anything else about high school you still you still keep in touch with a few of your friends right yeah there's um i have a group chat with my friends maggie amanda and morgan who were like part of that Mm. main squad i mentioned earlier Uh, maggie and i like worked together in this garden store in high school and i actually went back to it when the pandemic started because i had to uh make money somehow and so we still talk Mm. and then i have a friend hannah marshall who like is my friend has been my friend since high school like um do you do you want to hear a cute story of course (laughs) um so i was in choir in middle school in seventh grade and we used to do this thing where we would pair with another school so there would be two choirs together and there was this one there's this one so there was this one girl in the other choir who like had cancer when she was in seventh grade and so didn't have any hair and somebody from our choir went up to her and was like you look like a boy like what's going on like what is happening with all of that essentially Mm -hmm. and like i like that girl had a lot of other issues going on so like (laughs) and so i went up to i went up to the girl that was messing with her and was like can you not tell that's the prettiest girl here like are you kidding me look at her she's gorgeous and that was the end of that because like we didn't know each other i just walked away and was like i want to stop her from like being rude Um, And then my freshman year of high school, the first day rolls around. The same girl comes up to me on the very first day and asks to sit at my lunch table because she recognized me from choir two years ago, from that very day. And we're still friends, (laughs) I guess, how that story ends. Um, She ended up being one of my good friends in high school and, like, being there for me through a lot. Yeah. And MJ, one of my good friends from uh, high school. We still still talk. Who who I've met a couple times. Yeah. I, I really like MJ. Yeah. And it was, it's been really good with him because like, we're good. I was so sad. So like, he was a big part of the reason I felt more okay after I had lost Marissa is because my senior year, he and I ended up getting really close, like pretty quick. And so he taught me a lot of like, what does it mean to just like, he is one of the most loving people you can meet. So funny. He gets along with everybody. I used to follow him around and be like, how does he talk to people this well? I don't know how he connects. He's just one of one of the brightest shining little lights you could ever meet. He just is wonderful. Um, And so after losing Marissa coming and like seeing this person who is all of these things come to me and be like, I care about you, even though I haven't known you that long, like I still value you as a person um, is good. And I was so, so, so scared after we left high school that we'd only been friends for like six months that we just weren't going to stop being friends, you know? But we've figured out how to kind of be friends from a distance or like when I can only be home on breaks and all of that so like his friendship has meant a lot to me and like what it means to kind of drop off and pick back up when you need to and like how valuable that still can be high school happens um some ups and downs but um Mm -hmm. you made it through Mm -hmm. and you ended up going to illinois wesleyan first uh first fellow alumni on uh innocence lost Uh, oh (laughs) what made you 
What made you go to Illinois Wesleyan? <laughs> um, it was the cheapest option, cut and dry. Like I, in high school, I decided that I was going to be undecided when I went to college. So I didn't focus on like going to a specific school for something. I was just like, what's a good school? And I like, don't want to be in Illinois. I like my only two criteria are like, I can be in Illinois or I can be in California. Those are my two goals. And it has to like, school has to have at least 10,000 students. So I think like there was U of I, I got accepted to UCLA. I, there were a couple of other places in Illinois and California, but Illinois Wesleyan was the cheapest option. So that's where I went. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It was pretty similar for me. I was like, my three I wanted to go to were Emerson College in Boston, um, U of I and Wesleyan. And it turned out to be a money thing as well because Emerson, I think, was going to be, like, after financial aid, was going to be, like, 55K a year. So that was just, like, mm-hmm. absolutely no way. I can't do it. And then because Illinois is, like, trash, like, U of I, for some reason, was, like, super expensive in-state. Um mm-hmm. Just because, I don't know, Illinois doesn't have any money or whatever. Um, so it just turned out that Wesleyan was was the the best move for me as well. So mm-hmm. similar reasonings for going. Um, and you were undecided going in. Mm-hmm. Um, were you leaning towards something? Or no. were you just completely? Okay. I thought I wanted to do science. Like, I like at first, I went to my advisor and was like, ah, help (laughs) um like i thought about doing psychology for a while because like i can to this day i can tell you so many things that i learned in my junior year like high school psych class i love it but like i was like i'm not gonna make any money doing that and i want to do something that has job prospects and so she was like science i was like okay fine this and then like this environmental class looks cool i think i took my it might have been my second semester it might have been my first semester i don't remember but like while i was in that class um i took a class called environment and society which talked about ways in which like people interact with the earth and like how their culture influences it so we talked like how does adam and eve shape christianity and therefore christians and how they decide to take care of the earth which is really interesting like super cool class um but as we were learning of course you like can't get away from the topic of climate change and so i learned about it and i was like this is bad this is really bad like somebody should do something about this and i was like uh, well, Marissa's mom actually used to say all the time, like, if not, um, if not me, then who? And so I was like, well, if I think somebody should do something about it, if not me, then who? So I ended up deciding to major in environmental studies. I think I, de- I didn't declare until maybe the end of my freshman year or the beginning. Maybe I think it was the beginning of my sophomore year. So I like I was in orchestra. I took random other classes. Um but that's where I ended up and where I um, was, ended up being drawn to. Yeah, I mean, like, when you when you stop and think about it, <laughs> the only thing that really matters, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is saving this planet. Because if the planet dies, then we can't do anything else. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, if not, if not, yeah. 
<laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> the same thing. If not you, then who? If you, if not you, then who else? So mm-hmm. yeah, I always thought in meeting you early on, I always thought that was a pretty, pretty admirable trait. And like I don't know, just in meeting you and meeting other ES people, it all it's all kind of like a similar kind of vibe. They're all kind of good people with good intentions for the most part. Um, yeah. And that's that's cool. So what were you uh, what was your freshman year like? <laughs> um it's funny cuz first semester and second semester like looked very different. But um first semester Tara um because she didn't know what to do she was doing fine in classes like um my 100 levels ended up being easier than i thought they would be which meant that i was going out like every weekend (laughs) Mm. um which was a really good way to like meet people like so i had mentioned that i was like very like what what did you say sensitive and bookish as a kid (laughs) yes yeah sensitive and bookish um (laughs) So, like, every fiber of my being was, like, recreate yourself. Like, you were known as, like, the smart one in the back in high school. You don't want to be that anymore. And so, at one point, like, I think I, like, I had people texting me, like, where's the party going to be tonight? Like, what is, what's happening tonight? And, like, this was, like, granted this, I don't know if anybody would say this about me now, but my freshman year, like, I went out, like, a decent amount and was, like, just trying to meet people, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I got to know, like... Um, I lived in Gulick, which is like, oh my gosh, one of my friends entered it once and asked if I lived in a prison because it was mm-hmm. just cement and it smelled bad. And like, <laughs> it was just kind of a gross building to live in. But I got close mm-hmm. with like people that lived there, which was really fun. Like it was really my first time, like feeling like I was part of a community. Right. And so I got to like everybody that lived on the first, all the women that lived on the first floor of Gulick, I got a little bit more close with, even though I like wasn't in, in their group. Mm. Um, And then later on my second semester, I was like, I probably shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I probably shouldn't be. Hard to, hard to sustain for eight semesters. Yeah. And like, I, Mm. like, I, um, had been more wild in high school. So like I knew like what it was like to drink and do other things. And so I was like, what do I need? Like, what am I getting out of this? You know, evaluate, like, does it really bring me anything as a person to continue acting the way I've been acting? And the answer was no. So I ended up focusing more on like doing things that would bring growth to me and my community instead. Right, which uh, you did the the RA thing. Yes. For, <laughs> for all of college, which I would say yeah. lends to that. Um, so you started you started that your sophomore year, then. Right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yep. I was an RA of thirty uh, ladies in Munsell, my mm-hmm. sophomore year, and then later that year. Like my RCA, so like my supervisor ended up leaving and because that was a student position, I ended up filling in and becoming like, I ended up kind of becoming, I think, known as the RCA of Munsell. So like a whole building instead, because I did that again my junior year. And then my senior year, I looked over the people, I was a supervisor of what had been my position. So for the whole campus, I was kind of doing Mm. campus life stuff. Freshman year, you you party, you party hard. (laughs) And yeah. then, uh, and then you kind of take a step back, think about um, 
what it is you want to major in, what it is you want to do, I guess, in college to help people out. Um, and then what does your sophomore year look like? Sophomore year was kind of more of the same, the continuation of my freshman year. I that's when I my sophomore year I think is also when I declared my economics major. So I took an mm. econ 100 class just to like branch out a little bit because I was like I have room in my schedule. Why not? Like try new things. And then when I took economics I was like holy cow. Like if with environmental studies I got to learn about the world, with econ you kind of learn the way the world works, mm. you know? It's, like, it's a very <laughs> uh, very good combination, I think. <laughs> it's funny sometimes they fit together and sometimes they don't like mm. sometimes i'm a little too economics for the environmental community and vice versa so mm. <laughs> it's fun being a blend um right but it's an interesting place to stand for sure mm. <laughs> uh sophomore year is when i kind of got a little crazy with the extracurriculars because like i felt like in high school i had missed out on doing some of them Mm-hmm. So like my sophomore year is kind of like I picked up Peace Garden, did Econ Society, was an RA, like did orchestra, like did X, Y, and Z and started like <laughs> near like it was it was a lot. I don't know how I did mm-hmm. all of it looking back now. That's when I started. That's when I would joke with you my senior year that like I would have my nine to nine days. That's when yeah. those started. <laughs> yeah, I'd be trying to schedule podcast related things and you would kind of shoot me your schedule and be like just pick a time like see what looks good and it would just be <laughs> monday to friday just like this one little piece right there like okay we'll record <laughs> we'll record there and it'll work out <laughs> i'm gonna feel really bad because it's gonna be tara doing 12 hours straight of shit and then having to record but i know i know she'll bring it as she, as she always does so yeah you were you were a busy person for sure mm-hmm. but i think yeah i think you made the most of it looking for a new place to begin feeling like it's hard to understand but as long as you still keep peppering the pill you'll find a way spit it out again And even when you know the way it's gonna blow It's hard to get around The first time I think about like meeting you, being like, oh, this is Tara Wilson. This is a person in my life, was when um, Jana invited us to like a like a Argus meeting. It was like mm-hmm. a weekly Argus meeting or something. Um, and she introduced me as the podcast guy and was like, yeah, this guy, John's going to like start this thing. And Tara said she wants to help out too. Um, and that's kind of where we met. Do you have any early memories of me? <laughs> I have one that's prior to that actually, because <laughs> oh, no. we both did the Freeman Asia program, right? So we did. The summer before our junior year, I spent a couple months in Thailand with an environmental mm-hmm. organization, and you spent a couple months in the Philippines. Yeah. And you were the one, every so like a part of that was keeping up a blog while you were abroad was mm-hmm. a requirement of the program. And so you were the only kid that decided, I'm going to do a vlog, and it's going to be <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our professor was, like, very excited about it. Like, she made a big to-do out of it, saying, like, oh, this person's going to do a vlog for the first time ever. And you had, like, long blonde hair. 
long, messy blonde <laughs> hair. Long, yeah. Yeah. And like your original partner was Tegan Potter, who I played mm-hmm. with um, viola with an orchestra. Right. And so I remember looking at you then with Tegan and was like, what a, that's a character. What yeah. a character. Right there. <laughs> And so when we, so I went to Jana at the beginning of our junior year and was like, please give me a job because for uh, some, for some godforsaken reason, I wanted like a fourth one at that point. Right. <laughs> and she was like, <laughs> she was like, I don't really have anything, but um, John's doing something if you want to be a part of it. Mm. And I was like, will I get paid? <laughs> and she was like, eventually. And that was a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 a lie. <laughs> um. And then I remember sitting with you at the podcast meeting and being like, there's there's something tickling the back of my brain. Like, I know him from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I honestly did not think that anything was going to happen after that first podcast meeting because there was a couple mm-hmm. of weeks in between that meeting and you contacting me. So I figured it was just like a whatever, like, um, he decided not to do it. <laughs> so it wasn't until you contacted me the next time after that where I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. This is... This is real now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've been applying to all these podcast jobs. So I kind of, it feels like I'm saying it again for like the, like the 20th time. But yeah, at that kind of moment, I was very just like the world came kind of crashing down on me because I'm just like, fuck, <laughs> I committed to doing this thing and I just like have no idea how to do this thing at all. And I just like mm-hmm. need help. And thankfully... I, you said yes to taking on a, a fourth job, um, and, and thankfully Chapter helped out with the sound stuff, um, and then we started we started making the thing. Looking at it a year out, how does that experience kind of sit with you today? Good, it's a it's a, it was a good experience to have. Yeah, like I know that I didn't have a huge hand in production, but. Mm. Because I like, I remember thinking to myself, like, I cannot take too much of a leadership role with this because mm-hmm. I have a million other things right now. Like, right. And my first semester junior year, like, I started going to therapy for, like, an abusive relationship. And so I had a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of stuff going on where I was like, I can't. But later on, it became something that, like, beca- it was an idea with you. And then you were like, I want to do this. You shared it with me. And we said, how do we do this? We get a microphone. We get the bare minimum. We get a microphone, a place to record, and a computer program. And we get people to talk to us, you know? Mm. And, like, our first couple episodes were good but rough Mm. around the edges. Absolutely. Um, We didn't know what we were going. We didn't know Mm. where we were going. So it's like, okay, we have the idea. We have the equipment. We have – we're getting the experience now. Like, how do we turn this into something good? How do – like, I – think it was a really good process to say like what's my identity with this and where do i want to go with it and how do i build something new that like has never existed before and then we ended up like i think very successful with it um yeah and then it taught me a lot later on because when we grew our little organization of like a tag team of yumi annika and chapter to Mm. 11 people i think Mm. around like our senior year and so like you and I became very much like leadership within that team. So growing from the bottom up and then to the point where you can pass it down onto somebody else, I think was a really Mm -hmm. good experience and taught me a lot, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, beyond just the awesome times we had throughout it, 
um, which, yeah, you just can't trade in for anything. It was just great. Um, beyond all that, it was just a very great success story, I think. Like, it's something I'm very proud of looking back at. Of course, like, it was one of those things that I could walk away from at the end of the day and say, this feels good. This feels good that I did this, so, like, let's keep doing it. Oh, so, okay. My junior year, rough time. I had I had mm. mentioned that I was going to therapy and, like, I had a million things to do and, like, I didn't, like, yeah. I... Be, like the reasons I was going like I very much felt like I had lost myself and like had also mm-hmm. found parts of myself but the podcast was something like I could walk away from it at the end of the day and be like that felt good like mm-hmm. I had an idea I wrote out a script I brought somebody on and we had a good time doing it and it feels like satisfying to walk yeah. away from that so it was one of those mm-hmm. things that like I you just have a gut feeling when things that you're doing are good and so mm-hmm. it was something I decided that like I had a lot of experience like leading clubs and leading other people and all of that. And like you had experience with podcasting. And so putting those two together was like, I think a, the secret sauce. A, d- a dynamic duo for sure. Yeah. Um, and it was our senior year when we started to get listeners and we started to get feedback and um, we started to really turn it into a thing we were proud of. Um, and that was kind of the same thing when a lot of shitty things were happening in my life. At least I can do this. I can have fun doing something I'm passionate about. Yeah, it's been helpful. Like that podcast, I think for me too, like um, when I'm feeling bad, I tend to think like, oh my God, you've made every decision wrong in your whole life. Like look at all these people that have left you. Look at how many people you've hurt, how many people have hurt you, blah, blah, blah. But like, <laughs> that's always going to be one of those things where it's like, you did one good thing, at <laughs> least. <laughs> yeah. You made one yeah. good decision one time, and I hope that's right. enough for now. <laughs> right. Yeah. That brings me, that brings me a lot of joy that you say that. That's, that's very cool. Um, so cool. That was important for me to bring up. Um, slightly underwhelming. Big, important part of our relationship. Kind of what, I, as far as like when we took the step from being just kind of like coworkers to friends, um, I remember like going to just like running into you at a Kurt Vile concert in Bloomington. Um, <laughs> that was kind of like an early memory too I had where I was like, Oh shit, I should like hang out with Tara more. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's pretty awesome. And like we connect. Um, so that was kind of like, the start of that our junior year and then senior year we started hanging out more and yeah, yeah we've, we've kind of talked i don't know i feel like i've talked to you every week or every other week for ever since um so that's yeah been, that's been really cool well and like that concert john was how i knew like that i wanted to like be your friend actively because like i so like i'm a very big person to on trying new things like if i haven't done something before chances are i'll try it and i have a pretty good idea of what i like and don't like by now um but at that time i was like i like live music but like nobody else i know wants to go to this concert so i decided to go by myself and i was having a bad time (laughs) i don't know if you've ever been to a concert by yourself but like the music was good but like Mm. i didn't know all of the songs i like felt awkward like kind of just standing there by myself like it Mm. wasn't crowded so you couldn't like lose yourself in the crowd at all and like i wasn't old enough to like get myself a beer yet 
So right. I was just standing there sober and sad. And then your shining light <laughs> of hair came across and was like, hello, do you want me to buy you a drink or something? <laughs> and then we ended up hanging out and like going to a different concert, like with you and Adam and Kelsey, I think. We're all there. And so suddenly I had like friends and it just like it completely turned that around. It completely turned that night around for me. And like it meant it like it was a little thing, but it meant a lot to feel included with you guys. thing i wanted i wrote down that i want to bring up or two more things actually one was the agape Mm. um i remember you did a presentation on it your senior year um (laughs) and it was something that in just knowing you throughout college it was and seeing your tat um was just something that you always embraced um and i wanted you to kind of speak on that a little bit (laughs) Um, yeah, you're right. I did do a TED talk right before, like right before everything went crazy with the whole world. Um, but yeah, so I have a tattoo on my arm that's A-G-A-P-E with an accent over the E. Uh, I just looked at my tattoo to check. Um, and when I was growing up, like I was involved with the church, my whole family was. Um, and when I was 13, the pastor of the church passed away suddenly. And his whole thing while I was growing up was agape, which means um, in Christian terms, God's love for people. Or in more um, secular terms, it would be more like unconditional love. You know, the, there are four Greek words for love. There's love for family, love for friends, romantic love, and agape, which is like the closest form to like selfless love you can get. And so some, the way that I try and live my life is um, to try and treat everybody I meet with unconditional love. Because it's important to remember, at least to me, that like everybody has their bad days. Everybody has their miscommunications. Everybody has like things they hate about themselves. And everybody has like somebody that loves them. Everybody has like something to teach you. Everybody has a different lived life experience where they are the protagonist of their own story. And that deserves love and respect, no matter who you are or where you've been. And so I, because (laughs) agape is like God's love, that's not something that a human being could ever achieve. And so I like to have it as a reminder on my body that like, I will never achieve like being able to have real agape, but I can do acts that approach it. Right. So trying to remember that like that Karen that's screaming about you not wearing a mask in the parking lot, like maybe she's genuinely afraid of her government out to get her because she feels like X, Y, and Z. You know, it's about remembering like the more human side of people than demonizing the parts that you don't like. Um, So (laughs) agape to me is, yes, just treating everybody with Mm -hmm. unconditional love um, in every instance that I can. I'm not, obviously I'm not perfect about it, but I try as much as I can. So... You're doing, you're doing slightly underwhelming junior, senior year. You're doing the RA stuff, Peace Garden, kicking mm-hmm. ass in school, all that kind of stuff. Things are going well. And then you apply to the Peace Corps and mm-hmm. you, 
you get in and it's Mm -hmm. very exciting i remember Mm -hmm. that i remember that day when you got the offer we had like a slightly underwhelming meeting and you kind of told all of us and it was yeah it was like a very cool moment i remember i remember just being like so happy for you it was awesome and i think like you told everybody like i think i had told you and then you told everybody and everybody clapped and i didn't know what to do yeah like Uh, um so that oh my gosh so yeah so that happened and it was it was very exciting um and then the pandemic hits and you also got uh, a pretty fucked up email rescinded your offer um Mm -hmm. and how where does that kind of sit with you now um a year or so out a little less than a year but like like nine or ten months out um i'm trying to think of like right around what around what time it would have been because i think i think you're pretty right on the money like i think it was in april they sent me like hey due to your history with like therapy we don't think you're mentally stable enough to go and i remember being like that's no (laughs) essentially like that's not true like i went for a very specific reason and that's reason like while i still deal with trauma from it i've gotten tools to like be better and like my therapist wrote them a letter my professor one of my best friends they all wrote them letters to say like she is fit to go and you should um still let her go and even after the appeal they said no which is a pretty common experience for people who have had therapy and put it on their applications and even when they appeal like it's hard to get that decision appealed um and so i was officially no longer going which um was tough because everybody in my life knew that i had planned on um my original assignment was to be a science teacher in guyana which is a small country in the northeast part of south america for a couple of years and so it was weird i ended up posting on facebook i think that like I had my offer had been rescinded due to mental health issues um, and that I was no longer going and like it hurt at the time and I can't discount that that who I had seen myself becoming in a certain path that I had seen myself doing was suddenly taken away from me just like (laughs) everybody else's life was kind of ripped away from them during the pandemic um and I felt a little cheated, but looking back on it now, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more I could have done about it. And I try not to, I'm not the type of person to really dwell on what could have gone differently. Um, and I know that because that offer was rescinded, it's the reason I am where I am now. And like the Peace Corps itself, like it allowed me to look at it with less of a biased lens of like, if I went, how much would I really have to offer this country? Like, what were my reasons for going? Was I trying to escape myself in another country? And would doing that with the Peace Corps exploit the people I was living with? Is this some sort of white saviorism that I'm trying to do? Is this an extension of colonization? Like, trying to examine it from a more objective lens. And I might have ended up doing those things had I gone. So it's a mixed bag of like, do I wish I was like living in a different country and like a community doing work that I really cared about? Of course. But like, were there negative aspects to that, that I, um, and like positive aspects of my life now that I would have missed out on? That's true too. So it's, it's what it is, you know? It's just the experience. It's just kind of what, 
it's just what ended up happening and it seems like you're doing and you're doing well where you are now and it seems like you're happy so that happens um and the pandemic happens and you're going to so you're kind of just figuring it out at that point you're working at pioneer um mm-hmm. during the pandemic <laughs> which funny i've got the pioneer shirt on right now oh nice <laughs> yeah uh it was a cool shop i got to go there one time um and i still have a little little gnome that's in my garden right now from pioneer <laughs> i'm gonna tell angie and tony that oh my gosh <laughs> yeah um so you worked at Pioneer for the summer and applied for jobs, ended up getting a job in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you are now. Yeah, um, what so was I that process from, like? It was a bit of a whirlwind. Like, So Pioneer, for the listeners <laughs> that don't know, um, is a little mom-pop garden shop with like five, ten employees where I spent my time scooping bird seed, hanging out with families, talking about like flowers. And one of my best friends from high school worked there. So like I had a great experience um, kind of just working in retail for a little while. And um, I'm sure like anybody can relate. And I so I work for the Bureau of Labor Statistics now. So I'm going to give you a labor statistic, which is that in 2019, college graduates, 79% of them were employed after graduation, like six months following graduation or something like that. Um, in 2020, it went from 79 to 67% of 2020 graduates are like currently employed. So I'm sure a lot of uh, fellow graduates can relate when I say like, I was just slogging through application after application, like, and trying to find an environmental position because that's what I always saw myself doing. And I got an economics degree to be more marketable on the job market. And I was on USA Jobs because like, you know, anywhere you can find a position, you know, because they were offering jobs. And somehow, somehow I got an interview for my current position, which is as a field economist, like an entry level field economist for the Department of Labor is who I'm under. And then within that, there's an agency that like, um, If you've ever looked up, like, how much does a teacher make or what percent of nurses have, like, a post-secondary degree in our Occupational Outlook Handbook, like the Bureau of Labor Statistics, we report numbers on people who work, essentially. And um, I got an interview in September, and by October 17th, I had moved into a new city, which, so it all happened very fast. Like, I got... I had an interview and then within a week after that interview, I only had to do the one, which surprised me. Um, but they called me and were like, we want you. And I said, really? <laughs> like, I was I was at work when they had called me too. So I was like sitting on a bag of bird seed. <laughs> like, will you come be an economist for us? And I was mm-hmm. like, I can't say, oh, I can't say no to that. We're in a right. pandemic. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. As one of, as one of your friends, um, I can attest to the it happened very fast thing. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. it did just seem like you were chilling, doing your thing, and then out of nowhere you were just in Kansas City. Um, and it, it seems like, it seems like based on how our conversation started at the beginning, um, it seems like you're adjusting, and it seems like you like your new home, and you like your roomie. And, yeah. and how about the job? Is the job going okay? Yeah. Well, so... To speak on the adjustment, though, too, like, Uh my first months here in October and November, like, 
I like, <laughs> I'm working from home, which is great. It has its upsides and downsides, but like, because I'm working from home, I like, it didn't really see my coworker. I didn't see people all that often. I kept talking to cashiers as if they were my friends. Cause like, I didn't have anybody here. And I made jokes to my friends that like, I was getting paid to cry because like, I was just so alone. The weather was bad. I didn't know what to do or where to go. And I was just in my apartment you know, going from my bed to my desk and to my kitchen and back because it's a pandemic, you can't go anywhere and I don't know anybody. So it was a really rough transition at first, but things have gotten better since. <laughs> like I've gotten better. So like my job is um, essentially to call businesses. I work on the occupational requirements survey, which looks at what does it take to do a job day to day? Like what are the mental requirements, the physical requirements in the sense of how often do they have to talk to people? How often is somebody standing during the day? What do they have to lift during the day? So I'll essentially cold call businesses and say, can you please tell me about jobs there? What's the, what's, let's chat for a little while, which is difficult, difficult for sure. Like a, a lot of people don't wanna hear from like the government that's just asking questions for no reason or like don't pick up their phones at all or say no like it's a little draining to say the least like it can be hard to pick up the phone and call some days but i have really good coworkers that like are very willing to teach me the ropes and what to do so i finally feel like i'm more on my feet with um calling people and kind of knowing what to say like somebody called me back today in the middle of like me doing something else and like i did an interview like right then and there and i got everything i needed to get and i walked out of my room and turned to Emily and she was like, why did you, why are you celebrating right now? <laughs> like, and because um, I think with that interview, I had surpassed, like I had gotten more schedules is how we mark our progress. I had gotten more schedules than anybody else in my region. So that felt good. Um, so yeah, the job is going well. I've gotten more in the groove of like working from home and yeah, I'm in starting to enjoy the city. So the transition has eventually gone well, but it was it was rough to get here. And I think without, I do, like I had another good friend from college, Bob moved to the city in December and then Emily moved in in March. And those two things I can, I can tell you like <laughs> vastly improved my mental health, physical health of like having that social community connection means a lot. Definitely, yeah. I'm, um, yeah, I love, I love Nick and I love Yudesh and my roommates here, um, but yeah, in the last couple of weeks, I've been, I've been missing the homies for sure. Mm -hmm. I've been missing you too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, just kind of where we're at in life. Yeah. Uh, change, change is good. Um, change is oh, but gosh, yeah. I feel myself turning into a nine to five drone, John. Yeah. Talk about innocence lost. Like, I've really had to like my whole identity has been thrown upside down because going from like the really involved college kid who like had friends, had interests, had X, Y, or Z, and like really cared about the environment to a fledgling economist that has no friends or com community involvement, like, and works at home all day. Like, what is it? Is that okay? Is that what I want? Is that what I want to do? Like having to adjust to that nine to five has been a major realignment of like who I am and what I want to. Sorry, I feel like I keep being depressing on this interview. I'm like not a depressing, <laughs> like not a depressing person. I try not to be. At least. I don't think you're coming across that way. I think. Uh, okay. 
I think you're, I think you're doing well, and you're just kind of. This is just how it is for everyone who's 23 and is in year one of their first job. Like, it's it's a whirlwind and it's a huge change, and it seems like it seems like you're killing it. And I'm excited to I'm excited to see what you do in the future. And um, <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of all all I have for the interview. I think we kind of came full circle. Um, we talked about formative years, formative Tara. We talked about bottom eyeliner girl. We talked about <laughs> agape. We talked about um, slightly underwhelming and the Peace Corps and how you're doing now. And yeah, I feel like I feel like we killed it. <laughs> I hope so. I just like who would have expected anything else that we've been podcasting together for a while. I feel like we yeah. got the cam. So. I, like, was washing dishes the other day, and I, like, realized something about myself while I was in the middle of, like, washing them, and I was like, oh, gosh, it feels like I'm back in therapy again, and that's kind of what I feel like right now, is, like, I have to catch up, like, I have to explain my life story to, like, Mm -hmm. somebody else, and kind of make sense, like, it's interesting having somebody ask you, like, a very free form, open question, and then having to form your experiences within the confines of that question like i have a question for you yeah because i was worried about me being too depressing Mm. but you know how i ask you sometimes what three things you're grateful for today grateful for today either either today or like in general what are things that come to your mind or or which question do you like better what three things are you grateful for or what three things make you happy to think about one is my garden for sure i'm like, I don't know. I This week has been a little down. I've been a little depressed this week. Um, this this is definitely helping. I've been really looking forward to this. Um, but yeah, just a little kind of like run of the mill, just like day by day, just like a little eh feeling. But this along with Saturday's plans of like planting stuff is really making me thankful and happy. I'm really excited to, I'm going to go to my local, my local plant shop and talk to the gardener, get some final tips, get a couple seasonal plants and we're going to make it real, really nice on Saturday. I'm thankful about that. Um, I'm thankful for friends and I've had a good relationship with my mom recently. I was, like, a little worried about my move, like, what it would do to her. And when I was talking to Scott, um, like, when he drove me over, his, like, big thing was just, like, call your mom (laughs) as much as possible because she's Mm kind of struggling a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the distance has been kind of good for us. Um, And I think our relationship is going very well. We talk every day or so um and i think in the past i've kind of talked about how i've been a little little wary and a little suspect of how she has dealt with my mental health situation in the past i don't know she's kind of she kind of has had like i don't know the boomer kind of i don't know she grew up on the south side so she's kind of hard and her thing was kind of just always like oh just buck up just like feel better like you'll be fine um, which we kind of butted heads over a little bit. It's not really like what I needed at the time. I just needed someone to just be like, you're going to be okay. 
it's okay. Um, but she's been a little more respectful of that recently and a little more understanding. Um, so thankful for my mom, friends, and garden. It's my three answers. Those are good answers. Back at, at you. <laughs> um, so my first one. Emily and I like to go climbing, like rock climbing. And as you know, because sometimes I miss calls because I'm out climbing. Um, and like, I'm not very good at it. But two times ago, I kind of sprained like my back a little bit because I didn't, I think it's because I didn't stretch after. But this time when I went, I got a 5'9", which like for anybody that climbs knows that like that's not really that impressive. But like a <laughs> I got to climb a 5'9 route for the first time. And I was very proud of myself because I had tried to do this one route on this one wall for like, I don't know, I've, tr- I've attempted it like six or seven times now and kept falling off, couldn't do it, had to walk away. And I finally got it. So I'm grateful for like my body learning and getting stronger. And so I was able to do that because I got off that wall and was like, I did it. I did it. Uh, I'm thankful for the warmer weather here. I've been able to go outside almost every day and just walk around. <laughs> Emily, when I, I'll go up to Emily and Bob, actually, both of them. I'll go up and be like, can we, can we go on a walk? <laughs> um, so I'm thankful for the warm weather that's let that happen. And like, I feel like a little bit like a puppy when I do it, especially because like, Sometimes I'll bring a tennis ball and we'll throw a tennis ball (laughs) at the park. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I'm thankful for like a full fridge, I guess I'll say. Emily likes to cook. And so there's a lot of good food in there. I also like to cook. So there's good food in there. And it's full of something that's two things that are very important to me is like local food systems because of the impact they have on the environment, on your community. Like I would so much rather support like a local farmer growing like different species of stuff than like monocultures or like um, agriculture that exploits people or animals. So like, I'm very grateful that my produce is coming from local people and the fact that I have it, you know, like I haven't, my family hasn't always been food secure growing up. And so to be able to like, just open up a fridge and be like, there's things I can eat. There's delicious, healthy things I can eat. And like, I do that under my own power. Cause like I pay for all my own bills now. So like having the freedom to have a fridge full of food I can eat is something I'm very grateful for. So I, <laughs> so my, a fit, strong body, warm weather and food are my three things. Lovely. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on Innocence Lost. Um, thank you for um, minding the technical difficulties and having a, a lovely conversation. Um, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. Definitely. All right. So you can, you can stop recording now. If I gave a second to a second, thought I'd watch my youth slip right through my wide eyes if i told you that i loved you that would be a guarantee that there's nothing or no one else for me 
Jolly Roger, darling Dodger Bane. 